welcome again to another edition of the Red Reporter Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, PK, and alongside me this week, uh, we have Wick Terrell and Eric Roseberry. Uh, how's it going, guys? It's good. Very, very good. Good to, ha- yeah. good to be back on uh, podcasting. Switched up, uh, switched up the intro a little bit. Thought I'd catch you off guard. <laughs> uh, so, uh, let's talk about Reds baseball. Um, so... <sighs> Or I mean, we could not. We could just find other <laughs> stuff to talk about. For we're we're gonna make this a little bit of a shorter episode, so we can find some other stuff to talk about instead. Seventeen but, uh, runs. <laughs> yeah, that, that was fun. The red the Reds were uh, over five hundred the last uh, time we recorded, and uh, they are no longer. But um, you know, right now we're we're recording this on the off day, um, Thursday, June first. So. Uh, the Reds are 24 and 28 as we record today. Um, May just ended, so there's a lot of uh, kind of talking points as far as how the Reds performed uh, throughout the month of May, as well as some surprises. I think uh, to that, you know, I don't think that any of us expected, uh, you know, when the season started about how some of the, especially the hitters, have been. So I that's the first thing that uh, I want to talk about is just how how crazy that has this offense been so far this year and uh, can are they going to sustain it? Gosh, that's that's a that's a great <laughs> question. But I mean, there, there's so much about what we've seen so far this year that doesn't. I mean, it's been fascinating to watch, but it doesn't seem like too outlandish in the grand scheme. I mean, there have been people. Red reporters specific that have been kind of kicking around Eugenio Suarez breaking out, you know, at some point, I know I picked it before last year, which obviously he didn't really do, but he's a 20 home run plus defensive third baseman. Um, So what he's doing this year doesn't seem too terribly out of line with what his expectations are. Um, Scott Shedler leading the national league in home runs. I'm not sure any of us really, really would have predicted that on, you know, whatever it is, June 1st. Uh, but his minor league profile, he's a guy with big power who, you know, you thought might hit about 250, and if his power was real, he'd have about an 850 OPS. That's that's kind of the, the Jay Bruce replacement that we hoped for, and that's panning out. Adam Duvall is doing what Adam Duvall did last year. Joey Votto is Joey Votto. Uh, I think the one, the only real, um, you know, outlier in all of this in terms of expectations has been Zach Cozart. And Zach Cozart has been legitimately uh, an MVP candidate. And it's not been a one-week streak where he hit like five home runs in two games. It's been every single day he stepped to the plate and played shortstop like a MVP candidate. That that has completely caught me off guard. I'll, I'll freely admit that, but it's been damn fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I mean, not much of it seems like a fluke, and you're kind of at the point now where you think if this is the offense going forward for the next handful of years, I mean, it's. I think it's easy to be kind of optimistic, at least on that side of the ball for the Reds. I think the big fear now becomes, and uh, I'm sure we're going to get into this, uh, that we kind of miss this window where the offense is, you know, top five of the league production-wise, but there's just no pitching to back it up. Slash yeah. 1999 to 2009. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> basically the same thing. Yeah. The uh, the Adam Dunn, Austin Kearns years. Where... But, but at, least, at least when those years were happening, like, you know, they were rolling out, you know, Jimmy Haynes and Paul Wilson 
because that was the best option. Like at least now the Reds are rolling out Silverto Bonilla and 40-year-old Bronson Arroyo. Not because of the best option, but because there's actually a lot of really good pitching that is either hurt or isn't quite yeah. ready for yeah, primetime play. Yeah, I, I would agree that this team is a little bit built a little bit better than uh, than those teams ever were. But yeah, I, I it's hard not to see the parallels, and I I mean I totally agree that yeah I the the guy that really has impressed me so far has been uh, Scott Shebler. You know the fact that as we speak right now, he I I believe he's still leading uh, the NL in home runs. Which is that is absolutely I, I can't imagine that, you know, when the season started. And you know, as you said, he we talked about him taking over Jay Bruce's spot in right field, but I don't think anyone really expected the same production that we were getting from Jay Bruce out of Scott Shebler. You know, I think that the opportunity has been there for this for him this year to um, you know, impress us a little bit and uh, he's taking full advantage of it. And I, I, it's a, really, it's coming at the expense of some of the guys that we thought would be major players by now, uh, namely Jesse Winker, which, yeah. you know, I think at, at, when the season started, I, I drafted, I drafted, uh, Jesse Winker to, uh, my, one of my fantasy baseball teams this year, because I thought, you know, hey, he's going to come up sometime, you know, early May, and he's going to be a fixture in the lineup for the rest of the year. But there hasn't been room for him. And I think a lot of that has been Adam Duvall kind of stepping back into uh, where he was last year and actually repeating his performance. And then Scott Shebler just not letting go of that right field spot. Yeah, I mean, Shepler hit 27 home runs as a 22-year-old in a advanced A ball. He hit 33 in Double A in 2014. Um, he, he's he's the kind of guy who you you know he obviously didn't have like the the Jay Bruce prospect panache as he came through the minor leagues. He wasn't a top 100 prospect. He wasn't the top overall hitting prospect like Bruce was. Um, but I think guys or people around baseball kind of looked up and said, hey, if you give him 600 at-bats, yeah, he might hit 25, 30 home runs, especially in a home ballpark like Great American. Uh, the, the caveats have been that it's it's come against a lot of left-handed pitching so far this year, which I know me personally totally didn't see coming. Um, he had platoon splits that were pretty – drastic over the last couple of years coming through the top end of the minors in his first taste of major league play. Um, but he's also played good defense out there and he's covered center field even at times when Billy Hamilton's had an off day and not looked completely out of place. Um, he's kind of filling the role of what Jay Bruce actually turned into as opposed to what we hoped Jay Bruce would be. And to kind of be able to backfill that with, let's be honest, uh, at best a secondary part of the Jose Peraza, Todd Frazier trade. Um, that's a massive pickup. And I'm not sure it's one that, that, that even, even the uh, Walt Jockety on his best day would admit was something he foresaw. Um, but like Jesse Winker hasn't done anything to kind of bury himself on the depth chart either. He just hit 360 for the month of May. Um, and is now, I think he's topped uh, 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 over 600 plate appearances in AAA, which he's repeating this year after being there last year. And he's basically hitting, you know, 
what what you would expect out of Jesse Winker at this point, which is almost a 400 on base percentage, or on base percentage, almost a 400 slugging percentage, and about as many walks as strikeouts, and hitting about 315, which is totally cromulent. And uh, yeah, I think the Reds have a, a a good problem on their hands trying to figure out what to do with him because he probably deserves a call up at this point. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I'm wondering at this point if like. Brian Price and Dick Williams are just going to lobby to bring the Reds into the AL for next season so they can actually have a place for another bat in that outfield because, yeah, I mean, really, yeah, the only option would be, you know, oh, you could move Adam Duvall the third, and they kind of messed around with that idea at the end of last year, but I don't think ever acted on it or anything. But, yeah, it's... It's a good problem to have, I guess, but then again, um, it is a little bit less good when you have holes in other places on the team, and namely the pitching staff. So, um, you know, going into where we're at with that, um, obviously injuries have played a huge role in the red season so far. Um, and then ineffectiveness from a lot of these young pitchers that they had kind of pinned some hope hopes on um, coming into the season. So as we speak right now, the Reds' current rotation is <laughs> Scott. Don't Scott, do this, Scott. Scott Feldman, opening o- opening Scott. opening day starter, signed as a reliever. Scott Feldman. He's our rock right now. Yeah, he he's he's the stopper in this rotation, given the rest of the rotation. Alongside four independent league uh, starter yeah. slash grocery bagger Tim Edelman. For, former grocery store employee Tim Edelman. Uh, and then uh, 40-year-old Bronson Arroyo, Woo! still still kicking. Uh, Liz Alberto Bonilla, who has been absolutely god-awful so far. He's... I. He's the only guy that I'll like. I haven't seen anything from Bonilla that has shown me that he deserves a spot on the roster or the forty-man roster or the Reds organization at this point. And uh, Asher Wojciechowski, who, yeah, yeah, who has you know he he was okay a little bit, but uh, not not a guy you want to be relying on. For for sure, and then obviously got knocked around uh, against the Blue Jays in, in his start uh, last week. So that's the Reds rotation right now. Um, yeah, it's it's real bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so the calendar has turned to June. It's now June first on the date of recording. It means that the guys who started the season and or had been moved to the 60-day DL early in the season. Um, we're now in the month of expecting them back because fortunately all three of the, you know, the three-headed monstrous Cincinnati Red pitchers who are on the 60-day DL, knock on wood, aren't anticipated to be out for the entire year and just there for, for roster purposes. They actually got moved to the 60-day DL because their 10-day DL stints looked like they would take them about 60-ish days to get back. We're talking Homer Bailey, we're talking Brandon Finnegan, we're talking Anthony DiScofani. And now that we're in June, we are at least nearing, uh, you could almost see it at like the very tip of the telescope of having at least Bailey and probably Finnegan back 
at some point before the end of the month. You pair that with Amir Garrett, who I think through a side session today, and Brian Price mentioned to, to uh, Reds.com that Garrett's probably going to be back in the rotation during the seven-game homestand that's starting on Friday. That's great news. I mean, if you add Bailey, Finnegan, Garrett to this rotation, those guys don't have to be world beaters to be upgrades. You know, if they're 4.2 ERA guys, that's a massive upgrade. If they can get you to the fifth inning or maybe, God forbid, the sixth inning, that's a massive upgrade. And, and there's nothing about those three guys that suggest that, there's, that that's terribly outlandish. They've actually shown they can do it, at least on a limited basis. And, you know, if you can get Anthony DiScofani back a couple weeks after that, then suddenly you're talking. Um, that's that's something that I think the Reds have been, uh, I guess, treading water is the polite way to put it. They've basically been rolling out anything that they possibly can and just crossing their fingers and hoping for the best because they have a great defense. They have a very, very, very solid bullpen that probably would look better had it not been used as much as it's had to been so far this year. And their position players, as we mentioned, they've been the best in baseball by at least one metric. Um, so they've been good enough to buy time to only be four games under 500. Um, now that we're in June, maybe you can start to see the light at the end of the tunnel with a couple of those guys. And to top it off, uh, Sal Romano tweeted today that he's at 100% and he thinks that Reds pitching staff or the Reds training staff um, because he's back to quote-unquote ready to go. And uh, that means I think he's probably going to start getting ramped up from his shoulder issue that sidelined him as well. So there are reinforcements coming. Whether or not they're good enough to make 2017 something special that we didn't see or not, it should be enough to help give the Reds a good enough glimpse into what it is they need to you know, add and augment uh, going forward. Because obviously 2017 was a year that we looked up and said, uh, you know, this is a year for assessment uh, to find out what it is they have after completely shuffling the roster. Um, what they've seen so far is they have a lot of really good pieces. What's been healthy has been good the parts that haven't been good have been unhealthy. And so maybe at least there's enough time to help sort those uh, question marks out. Um, but worst case scenario, if they have to go out and start making trades along the lines of the Matt Latos trade or the Scott Rowland trade, um, a lot of their regulars and a lot of the prospects that they, you know, don't really have spots for right now have all been playing very, very well, which for the Reds purposes, uh, uh, that's uh, that's a positive for them going into another trade season. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, the thing I'm most worried about is, you know, you had all these years where it was like, yeah, the pitching's bad, but Robert Stevenson's come in, Cody Reed's come in, just within the last couple of years. And it's at the point now where uh, the confidence I had in some of those young guys has really started to wane. And to me, it seems like it's really going to be on the Disco, Bailey, and Finnegan get healthy because I'm not as confident as the, hey, wait a couple years until these guys get up as I used to be. Tyler Maley, Luis Castillo, Vlad Gutierrez just moved down like two levels. And yeah, really I, I yeah, need to move down a little bit. You're right. Drop them. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I, I totally agree with that, Eric. Like looking back at how I felt at the start of the season with the rotation where, yeah, I mean, if you remember on this very podcast, I think, yeah, we were talking about there being too many guys for the rotation when the, before the season started, even a couple of weeks before the season started. 
This is after yeah. Di Scalfani got hurt, after we knew that Bailey wasn't going to be in the rotation. And we were still like, well, what are they going to do with Sal Romano and Amir Garrett and Robert Stevenson and Cody Reed? And now, Davis. you know, <laughs> rookie, yeah, oh, Ricky Davis. They're not going to have room for Ricky Davis because of all these other guys. And so it's just to look back and how much has changed in the span of two months, just looking at some of these guys and, you know, Really, when you look at watch Robert Stevenson pitch you know, now, as as we watched him two months ago, and as we watched him, you know, late last year, there's not a whole lot of difference between that. There's not a lot of you know him getting used to the major league. There's not a, there's not him getting more comfortable, and uh, you know, I I think it's it might be time to start kind of worrying about some of these guys. I know that. I'm, I know that it's, you know, obviously it's a rebuilding season anyway, and that's what we uh, were expecting coming in, and that's what we're getting to an extent. But, yeah, I, it's, it's, a lot more, less, it's a lot less confident than, uh, than I would have expected to be right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's, there's no doubt about that. I mean, Robert Stevenson has, you know, obviously got option to AAA last week, but spent the the entire first portion of the season with the Reds coming out of the bullpen, getting shelled, but still averaging 95 miles an hour with his fastball. And this is a guy who had a curveball that ranked as the best curveball of any minor league pitcher uh, among any organization uh, at one point during his minor league development. And you can see that there's, I can get major league hitters out potential in him. And that's probably the most frustrating part about it is because you can see that with Cody Reed too. Um, you know, it's not that they they once threw 97 and now that they can only throw 92 and there's there's not anything there. There's there's a lot there between the two of them, um, and uh, it's 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 fascinating to look up and say, hey, uh, the only real problems with this rebuild that was so deep and so. Uh, concerted over three plus years for the Reds have been the two pitching prospects that seem to be the most obvious future contributors not panning out because you compare that to uh, the way the position player guys have panned out. Scott Shevler, uh, secondary piece at best in the the Jose Peraza deal. Uh, Adam Duvall, secondary piece in uh, the Mike Leake deal. Um, Eugenio Suarez, never a top 100 prospect and came over in the Alfredo Simon deal along with Jonathan Crawford, who was, you know, obviously hurt, but a former first round pick and kind of took more of the spotlight of that deal away. Um, uh, Jose Peraza, who a lot of uh, uh, scouts had soured on, despite the fact that he's uh, just 23 and just hit 300 for all of May and is on pace to steal 45 bags this year. Um, the Reds front office is really done quite an amazing job of picking up guys that didn't really have a whole lot of sparkle to them on the front end. Um, unfortunately, it's it's the pitchers that haven't quite managed to pan out. Although, I mean, Anthony DiScofani came over in the Matt Latos deal as not a top 100 prospect. And when he's been healthy, he's been awesome. Absolutely awesome. But it does at least give you a little bit of a... Uh, uh, confidence that if things continue to kind of plateau, which is, I think, where they are at this point in the rebuild, um, the people who are making decisions in the front office uh, have a pretty good record of identifying players that they can go out and get 
And uh, I'm anxious to see how that shakes this next section of the Reds rebuild up for sure. I guess neither of us want to take a break from watching basketball <laughs> right been, now. It's been frenetic, man. <laughs> <laughs> LeBron posting up and dunking. I was like, oh, oh God, he's going to be Robert Harris, <laughs> 40, be the best center in the NBA. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, with with that, um, <laughs> I mean, is, is sum up a, the offense is good, the pitching's bad. And I, I, guess, I guess we, we could, yeah, I mean, on our uh, on our, our our Twitter responses from uh, from Brownie more than more than anything else. Um, okay. Um, yeah. What did What did he say? Uh, what will be the next hitting approach that Votto is on the cutting edge of? Um, considering he's uh, obviously now mid thirties and. Uh, Willingly or admittedly or not, uh, contributing to the launch angle revolution. What's the next thing Joey Votto does uh, aside from choking up and being awesome? Uh, he he will be the next, the first player to hit the foul line on every single, <laughs> every single at bat, <laughs> opposite field or not. Like he's gonna learn how to just hit double after double after double just to the point where he's just toying with the pitchers out there. Were, were you a little worried? He was auditioning for Toronto trying to get their heart beating <laughs> a little hit, faster. Hitting 430 foot dingers yeah. to dead center field at Rogers. My, my thing is I think Joey <laughs> Votto once, uh, once the launch angle revolution helps mitigate the shift and people back to playing traditional <laughs> defense, he will be that guy who starts just hitting nothing but like ground ball singles, Tony Gwynn style, in between third base and shortstop. Every single <laughs> at age thirty eight, it's going to happen. I'm, yeah, I'm not unconvinced that he could already do that. I think, I think that you would be. Say, oh, <laughs> he could turn that on tomorrow. Now he runs again, yeah. <laughs> um, and then the last thing was, who's going to be the Reds' all star this year? Um, Oh, I, actually, I I did see this. I love this oh, question. Actually, um, I mean, we've got we get the, 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 the we we watch every single day the lineup that's the best position player lineup in baseball, and odds are the Reds are probably going to get one, maybe two All Star this year, just because of how voting works. So that's a damn good question. Yeah, I mean, you you never want somebody to get hurt, but Freeman going down has to help Votto's chances yeah, a little bit. It does. Yeah. I mean, the the way, and obviously this is the first year in a while where uh, uh, home field advantage in the World Series is not determined by who wins the All-Star game, which is, that's a right decision and how it should be. But that probably also means that, you know, managers who are tasked with help filling out the back end of the roster might not be quite as concerned with picking the absolute, you know, best under the radar kind of guys to fill out the back of the bullpen, but Russell Iglesias has a, a ERA of like what, like point one, point five at this point. Um, he's point point six eight right, right now. Yeah. yeah, and did not give up a one run in well, May. What's the, what's the ERA plus on Russell Iglesias right now? Like like five eighty three or something. Um, uh, six forty nine. I, I have a hard you, time. You, hard time. You told them I have a hard time envisioning yeah. him not <laughs> the All Star Game roster. Uh, uh, at all, just because of that fact and the fact that whether it's uh, um, uh, for show or for not, I, I feel like any manager who's filling out the back end of that's going to look up and say, "Hey, who are the best relievers in baseball?" Oh yeah, that guy is. 
Um, but I do think yeah. that Zach Cozart's going to make this year's All-Star team, barring a, 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 a complete lapse yeah. between now and uh, five weeks from now. I mean, he could go out and have a 600 OPS July, and his numbers would still be plenty good enough to warrant him being one of the best shortstops in the National League. Um, so my, my, my initial guess is I'm going to go Cozart and Iglesias, and I think Votto will get squeezed out by how so many good first basemen are in the National League right now. Yeah, I think I think that's a really tough tough call and a, a tough omission. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Votto has been on that side of things before, where he probably deserved to be in it and uh, got got the snub. Uh, 2015 is where I'm thinking that for sure. But, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, as long as he, the numbers are still there throughout June, that he could easily be a manager's pick. Um, and then, yeah, I, I would say to me, the Reds get three all-stars despite not, not being an elite team, not being a big market team. I, I don't know how you can leave either Vado or Cozart off as long as they keep doing what they've been doing. And Iglesias is that type of reliever. And I, I think if, if one of those guys gets off, it's Iglesias because if you have a bad team that doesn't have any good players, um, it's easy to find the closer on a bad team and throw them on the all-star game. So they have their representative, but um, my, my guess right now would be all, uh, those three. Yeah. I mean, I would hope it would be Votto, but I think like Witch said, I think Cozart's probably a decent shot at this point. And then, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they throw one of those bullpen guys in, but probably not going to be very many. I, just, I see like Eric Thames, like, all right, that's, that's going to be a Milwaukee representative. And like, <laughs> okay, well, if he gets in and Rizzo is probably going to get voted in, if not, Ryan Zimmerman, who admittedly is having a freakishly amazing rebound year at first base for Washington. And I'm like, oh, well, that's that's three guys at first base. And it's yeah. Like, well, yeah, and well, and yeah, Freeman would have oh, yeah, been and, the and, third and, guy. Just well, like Freeman has, has had a fantastic, fantastic last two years before getting hurt, obviously, this year. So, um, but yeah, I just, I look up and I wonder if, if, if it's Votto who just manages to get, get squeezed again for, for continuing to be like the second or third best player in baseball behind players that just somehow managed to get more recognition than him. So, um, but I do think that, that Cozart, you know, knock on wood, if he continues to do a fraction of what it is he's done so far this year, uh, that's much deserved, especially for a guy who's going into his first uh, 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 big contract year. Um, I, I, for him, I hope he makes it. And Iglesias, uh, he's he's been a, a a prospect crush of mine for so long that I hope he makes it too, just for validity's sake. But um, put it this way, the Reds have plenty of people who are very, very deserving, which for a team that's in the midst of a quote-unquote rebuild, that's a pretty damn good sign. With that, um, I think uh, we are going to cut this one a little bit short um, this week. Uh, so make sure to uh, follow us on, on Twitter at Red Reporter. Uh, follow us at redreporter.com. And 
we will see you guys next time. Right on. Till next time. See you guys later.